Praise God. Ready for the what? All right. Dealing with ungodly habits, let's continue with our series. Acts 8. Acts 8, verse 27. Acts 8, 27. The one you did in opening prayer. How did <laughs> Acts 27. He says, Acts uh, 27, he says, And he arose and went and built a man from Ethiopia and Enoch. It's not looking, and people are making me feel like a sinner that I did not pray before the teaching. All right, Father, we ask that we see there is illumination, the eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be used as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified, even as we are glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now you feel righteous. Amen. All right. At 8, 27. <laughs> I know that feeling. I know it. At 8, 27. Or let's start from verse 30. It says, And Philip ran titter to him and heard him and said, Read the prophet Isaiah, and let him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understand what thou readest. And I started something with us last week, Tuesday, and I said that um, every subject of the faith must be well explained and diligently taught from the scriptures. And, and, I, and I opened our minds to reading that a believer must learn to read the scriptures. And reading the scriptures will take a lot. That would mean that the um, a believer must have to pay close attention or proper attention to the way he reads. And I said, in understanding, in understanding the words of the scriptures, that a fundamental fact must be settled in our mind that the Bible is a compilation of a book of literature and is written in English and that means in a normal language. In fact, this week, and I did a research. And I was doing a research of when English language started and how it came into being. I just was studying something and I, and I stumbled on that. And I figured that it's quite relatively new and it's a combination of languages that came together and they formed it. So there's the old English, there's the new English, and there's even the middle English. So it's, it's now evolves. And that, that makes me see that in fact, when I saw that research, it was this week I did that study. I, I mean, this is still early in the week, but it was actually this week. That, that, that should be yesterday. And that, that made me see something that um, we, we have to even be much careful with reading because, um, like I've always told us, the Bible is not written in um, English language. The, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Why the New Testament is written in Greek. And I told you, I said, even um, Jesus spoke Aramaic. So that means there's a combination of Greek and Aramaic language. Aramaic would be like most of um, their own native language of that time. Are you seeing it now? So that means that. In so now imagine trying to, the words of Jesus, in, maybe in Aramaic now, bringing it into the Greek, now into the English. I used that a lot of things would have been lost so much. In fact, I saw a Bible this week too, a pigeon Bible, and I said, ah, and, <laughs> and they said, God, we create something like, something like uh, God, we create poor, we be, say, be slaves, something like that. Ah, you know, you know the dangers of those things? Eh? 
it's not as if it's not good though, because obviously we should be able to translate Bibles into um, several languages such that people are able to um, to relate to it. But I have a problem with a single man translation. I, I, anytime I see a Bible, always, anytime you buy a Bible, the first page, it's so sad that the first page of my own has been torn off. But if you check your Bible and you see the first page, learn to read that thing. They did not put it for joke. That first page of preface, where it was written, the people that wrote it, all of those things. Learn to try and do those reading. That way it will give you, it will give you an authorization of those who, re, who, who compiled it together, those who put the materials together and how it came to be. Now you get to what I'm saying. Always learn to read that place. Because it's, it's, quite, it's as vital as the scripture you're about to read. I'm very wary of a single man translation because it's, they will just, let me tell you what they will do. It's like you. You will just assume. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You will just assume. You know, when we said, you know, it's just like if you read the King James Version and you say, finally. And I told you in scripture that finally, now look at, imagine now if you read in King James Version, you say finally. The word finally by the authors in the New Testament is translated from the two, it's translated from two Greek words, loipon and telos, and it's found just once. Telos implies in conclusion and an act of state, while finally is in the English language. And loipon refers to moreover or henceforth. That means it was used to add to what was said. Now, and that's sometimes the direct opposite to telos. That would mean that Anytime you see finally in scripture, now you have to be careful. Because finally can mean finally, and finally can mean henceforth, moreover, a continuation of what was said. But if you just took it strictly English, you would just say, okay, anyway, I see finally, you will now want to write your own Bible and just say, finally we mean in conclusion, as I, as I have said. Are you, seeing, are you seeing those things? So those things are things that we have to pay attention to. So that means in reading, we must be very careful. It's just like even in reading, it's just like, for example, the word healing. The word healing was used, was rendered in the New Testament books of Scripture. You see healing in Matthew 4.23, Matthew 14.14, Matthew Luke 9.11, and healing was taught in those places as physical healing. But also, Healing was also taught as salvation. Look at it, Matthew 13, 14 to 15. Let's read that part. Matthew 13, 14 to 15. I, I want to show you how to read the scripture. The work of a Bible preacher is to walk you through the entirety of scripture so that you can be well versed. Matthew 13, 14 to 15. Matthew 13, verse 14 to 15. Can, can you hear me quite well? All right. Matthew 13, verse 14 to 15. Now, look at what it says. It says that, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By the hearing ye shall hear, and ye shall not understand, and seeing ye shall not perceive. It says, For the people's heart is waxed, and their ears are dull and closed, with the eyes that is closed, lest any time they should see with their eyes and ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Now, tell me, is this talking about the physical healing? This is talking about their heart already. If you read the context, the heart that people will perceive, the heart that people will use to hear the gospel, 
So this healing here is for salvation. It's not physical healing. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Now put your hands there. Look at physical healing in Matthew 14, 14. Matthew 14, 14. Matthew 14, 14. It says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and moved with compassion towards them. And he what? Healed their sick. Can you see that? That's physical healing. All right, look at now. So you see that that place now in, that we read in Matthew 13 was not refined to a physical healing. So that means even Mark, Mark 4, verse 12, we saw that. And we, we saw, I, I think, in Mission is Possible when we did um, um, that apology, um, that um, uh, teaching on miracle signs and wonders, and we said, um, and we said that. Healing in 1 Peter 5, 2 verse 24 is not necessarily uh, healing for the sick. I don't know if you remember that thing. That we, we, we went through it. and So that means that we now have to be careful with the way we use words. So that's to show you that there is a way to read the scriptures and you must be very careful. Are you seeing that? So that shows that. A fundamental thing must be settled in our minds, and that means we must be very careful uh, when a text is being interpreted in the scripture. We must be very careful with the way we read. That means you cannot just read and gloss over details. You must pay attention to the details. Jesus kept saying, have you not read? And that word, have you not read, is the word anaginosko in scripture. And it simply means, have you not paid attention to scripture? So that means if you have read the scripture properly, you would have seen the details. So that means, when you and I are reading the scripture today, we must be able to articulate properly and say that there are certain things in scripture that we can read and understand. Are we, am, I, am I making sense to everybody? Am I making sense to everybody? So that means that a proper Bible interpretation starts with a proper Bible reading. So you will keep seeing that question, have you not read? Have you not read? And have you not read? Amen. So that leads me to what we're studying. And we said, dealing with ungodly habits, right? And uh, we, we, we started that um, tangent last week and we said that the believer is born of God. There's, the believer has an indwelling of the Spirit. And the believer is a son of God. The believer is indwelled by God. And we must understand those basic facts of the believer. And we said, what is the word habit? And we said, habit is divine, is defined. Not divine. It's defined in the Britannica Dictionary. And it's a usual way of behaving. Um, behaving. That is something that someone does or a person does often in a regular and a repeated way. And it implies a constant and consistent action. That's the word habit. And it's not a one-off habit. Rather, it's a repeated action. And we started asking a question. And that, I think that's where we stopped. And we said, can a believer have a sinful or ungodly habit? And we said, number one thing to first note is that the believer is a child of God. He is born of God. Every believer, as far as you are born again, you have the indwelling of the Spirit. You, see, let me tell you something. You, a confused identity is a problem. You can't be a believer and be a sinner at the same time. It's not possible. You have to, it is either light 
or darkness. Light and darkness is not light darkness. <laughs> Some believers still miss it. They, they, they will tell themselves, there's a prayer they pray, they will say, Lord, you know we are sinners. That's not the prayer of a believer. That should be the prayer of somebody who is trying to repent. Are you getting what I'm saying? Lord, you know we are sinners. You, in fact, we, 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 we have been soaked with your sin. In fact, you, the, the sin that has bathed us, <laughs> we, have, we have dipped ourselves into the ocean of sin. And, oh Lord, who can cleanse us? Ah, that's not you. A believer can't be a sinner and a believer at the same time. It can't be light and darkness. It can't be light darkness. Or sinner righteous. <laughs> or um, devil and Jesus, devil and Holy Spirit is dwelling together. They are struggling in the same in the same body. No. You have to choose one. That's the best way to explain to somebody who is struggling with whether he's saved or be is not saved. You just ask him a simple question. Can light and darkness coexist in the same place? If no, so why do you think Holy Spirit and the devil will be in your body at the same time? So you have to choose one. Are you either a sinner or a righteous person? Choose. Choose ye this day. <laughs> Life or death. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He that knew no sin became sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So whoever has believed the gospel is righteous. Whoever has believed the gospel is holy. Whoever has believed the gospel is a saint. That's why Paul does not refer to people who have died as saints. He refers to the church as a saint. Am I making sense to everybody? Okay. So that means that that description must not leave your mind. So we are not asking a question. Can that man who is born again, who has the Holy Ghost, who is holy, who is righteous, who is sanctified, who is justified, who is washed by his blood, who is saved, who is the righteousness of God in Christ, who is holy, who is perfect in his spirit, not perfect in his, whose spirit is perfect, whose spirit is sealed with the Holy Ghost, who is forgiving, who is translated and seated at the right hand of the Father. We are now asking, can that person have an ungodly habit. And what did we say habit was from the Britannica dictionary? We said is a usual way of behaving and a consistent or a constant action. And it's not a one-off action. They are always a repeated action. And we said it is either positive or negative. That is habit. So you can actually be doing something right and that is a good habit. And you can be doing something wrong and that is a bad habit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright, now let's see how Paul started in 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3. Are we in church? Yes, sir. You don't sound like a mini. Yes, sir. Or oh, have you slept? You should not be sleeping. It's too cold to sleep. But somebody say, hmm. even his eyes, how good is this sleep? <laughs> Some people, they will see. Some people can hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen people that stand like this? Stand up. <laughs> they are praying. Have you seen people like that before? 
asking your day. <laughs> First Corinthians 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. For I fed you. Now look at it, look at the oxymoron and the I don't know about you, but guys, I want you to pay attention. Some of you, when you read the Bible, you, I don't know about you, but you watch the play of words. Let me see your hands if you do that. You, you are not, you, I know you will be able to do it because you are not a science student. It's those people that are science that will be, that, that might struggle. Why would you pay attention to the play of words that, uh, why did this writer put it this way? Why is it? I, I want you to always be doing that. Now, don't forget, in verse 1, in chapter 1, this is the people that Paul, Paul already told them in verse 2. Unto the church of God, to them which are sanctified by Jesus, called to be saints. Uh-uh. Look at the way Paul described them. They are saints, they are sanctified. Ah, he even told them in verse 4, that I th- in verse 5, that I thank my God that ye are enriched in every utterance. But yeah, look at, and I told you that it's not written in chapters and verses. That these things are letter, right? That it's just paragraph and paragraph. In fact, I go on New Testament Bible where they just paragraph it for me yesterday. And I had to, in fact, I've been flipping the page and I'll be like, ah, this one is now more another serious study now. I think I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, I, like, I like my normal chapter of verses. <laughs> I, I'll read it down and I'm like, ah, I think I like, you know, it's like when you condition your mind to, I'm reading the Bible. And when you want to read the Bible, everything is just chapters and verses. They are reading something and it's Bible, but you are not seeing the usual pattern. You are not feeling like you are not reading Bible, you are reading storybook. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, when do I have to disconnect this thing in my mind? <laughs> you know? It says, but I will get there. Amen. <laughs> it says, I, I brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. These are people you already call, call sanctified. Saints, now you could not speak unto them as unto spiritual. In that sense, but as unto carnal, uh-uh. even as unto babes in Christ. That's, that's tough. In that sense, I've fed you with meat, not with meat, for it I thought you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you having strife, division, are ye not carnal and walk as men. Now, that word carnal is from the Greek word sarkikos, S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S. And it's an adjective that implies pertaining to the flesh or like the flesh. Why am I using Greek word? I'm going back to the original to see the exact word. When we say kanana in our normal English translation, it could mean several things, right? Um, I told you English language today is just like the word image that I told to you, that, that, I, uh, that I've been explaining to you over time. And I said, image in the Hebrew is from the word selem and it implies... Um, a representation. But in our today English now, when we say image, we are talking about picture, we are talking about mirror, we are talking about image, PNG, 577 in your phone. We are talking about so many things because English language has evolved. But if you go back to the original of God created man in his own image, so that will mean in his own representation, in his, and we, and we explained it and we said that's an idol. And we said can we say God created a deity, a man to look like? Somebody say, uh, I remember I was teaching someone, and somebody said, I, I look like God. I said, Ah, 
your head shape alone does it look like i wasn't i wasn't trying to be mean but i just because I believe everybody already knows themselves and the way they look. I said they want to deceive themselves. You know, it's just like telling somebody who is skinny now, telling and and, and the person is telling you I'm fat and you're wondering how. You know, or somebody like me now that is very black. You're saying I'm I'm fearing the Lord. That's a deceit. I'm very black. <laughs> I can't change. That's my identity. If I come to next Sunday now and I look like Chairman's complexion, you will say I bleach. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? If I, you people stand up and go, you say, ah, Pastor, it's like you're not acting on the word. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> you say, Pastor is facing identity crisis. Pastor does not know who he is and he's teaching us who am I. <laughs> Are you seeing it? So, yeah, I can't, somebody tell me I'm black. I've been hearing it for years. This is primary school. You know, elementary school, everybody say, you are blacky. That's what they call me. Blacky, blacko. That's what they... <laughs> In fact, somebody say, shako. Somebody, somebody was abusing me one day. I say, shako and you, I can't compare. I say, ah, is it that terrible? He say, oh, it's dangerous. Shako, you, both of you are together like this. In our, in our sense, let's try it. Look at it. You know, so people can be so mean. In our brush, I go to school. The next day to really show me that I'm. <laughs> to show me that I'm really black. You know, people can be. People are unbelievers. <laughs> so, so that's so basically. As I told somebody, say, you look. So you say you are created in the image of If we are created in the image of God, all of us should look alike. Everybody should. The way everybody's nose should be perfect. Everybody's head shape. That's why I, and I told them in that service. I said, so if you don't know book, go and meet your parents. Everybody <laughs> laughing. And I say it's true now because if you are in the image of God, you should really know book. Everybody should be first. Nobody should be second in their class. Everybody should be the president of the, the United States. Everybody should have all the money. You know, I don't even get what I'm saying. The world of us brain should be working. Should be like. Compute. In fact, I, I was studying, I, I discovered something yesterday that um, this guy, um, what they call it, Eliomox, um, uh, he, he wants to build a tunnel in San Francisco that will lead to Shanghai, Shanghai, China. So look at something. A journey that will take you 12 hours on the air will now take you 22 minutes underground. And he said, his, his, his company is called Boring Company, and they said they have worked, they have started how they want to do it. And you are wondering, where did you get that brain? How did you, you know, when I, when I saw that research yesterday, I was like, ah, when, ah, people thinking, you know, that, that was the first thing that came to If I, as I saw it like that, I just closed my laptop, like, ah, ah, how people, ah, people getting these ideas are me. The only idea is getting is, ah, I want to, how money will just show up in, <laughs> show up in one corner of my room. I'll just wake up in the money, one bag of money without us. <laughs> one bag of money will just appear in one corner. I'll just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for manner. And <laughs> I'll just be spending the money. But some people are using their brains. Ah, are you thinking, and that, that means you'll be able to, so he said, look at what he said. He said, the road is already congested. The air is looking too populated, and I look at the year, there's still no public. But he said the year is looking too congested now, already so many flights are on the year. And I said, The next thing is underground. 
He now said, instead of taking 12 hours from San Francisco to Shanghai, you will just do it within 22 minutes. Ah. And I thought to myself, wait, am I, have I started using the brain that I say that I've really created the image of God to use? You know, some people are thinking things in this life, but me, I'm just in my house, just thinking of one sudden money that will appear from nowhere. <laughs> the one I don't work for. <laughs> you know, there's one message like that that um, the money, the wealth of the Gentiles will. I've never heard that sermon before. The wealth of the Gentiles will come to the righteous. I've never heard that stupid sermon before. I call it stupid. It's just a sermon to make you lazy. There is no wealth that is coming anywhere. You better go and walk. <laughs> <laughs> if you know I believe that's how I'm growing up, the wealth of the Gentiles are coming to me. So I will just I will just wake up in my room one day, let me speak. <laughs> the wealth of the Gentiles are coming to me. And the more I was getting poorer. <laughs> it's a lie. Go and walk. The real world will come to you. Don't let anybody deceive you with that doctrine. I've never heard that doctrine before. The wealth of the Gentiles are coming to. Everybody deceive you with that. That's there's no food for a lazy man. Even Bible says so. It's just the translation and the, that difference. There's no food for a lazy man. Ah, so let's. How did we get to this? Use brain. Kana. You see why I have to wear dress up for it Tuesday service so I can be in my Sunday feeling. Where am I again, please? Kana. Okay. Um, so we said Kana is from the Greek word Sakikos, and it means from the flesh to, um, to the flesh and like the flesh. And was derived from the word Sax, A-R-X-S-A-R-X, and it means flesh. So Paul applies that as an opposite to describe a conduct contrary to the actual nation. So Paul was talking about a conduct that was contrary to the nature of the believer. So when Paul called those people in, in the church of Corinth canal, he was telling, he was actually referring to a conduct. And that conduct simply means a conduct that is of the flesh, that is not their nature. And you know, look at something. When you got born again, your nature changed. Remember what I just said to you. I said to you, I said that you can't be light and light darkness. You can't be dead life. You can't be unbeliever, believer. You can't be sinner, righteous. It's not possible. You have to leave one place to another. Colossians 1 made us to see that you have left one place to another place. So that means that now you have won a new nature. It's just like, it's just like immigration or migration. Just like you leave a country and you decide to come and live in another country. If you are now, if you have obtained the citizenship of that country, you now start calling yourself and let's say, let's say you leave um, Mexico now and you, you come to America. You are no more a Mexican and let's say you now obtain the American passport. It's not as if you are not still a Mexican, but you will now say you are a citizen of the United States of America, right? Now that means that that is your nature now. Even if you are a green card holder, you will say, I am not a green card holder of this country. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is now your nature. 
In fact, you will not have to adapt, right? You will not have to behave. But when you are at home, you will still be cooking the food of Mexican. You still be cooking quesadilla, tortillos, um, eh? tacos, and you still be eating all of those things. Those good things. Their foods are good. Um, but especially chicken quesadilla. Um, ah. Let's focus. Um, where was I? Where was I? Ah, look at that chicken quesadilla can make you quickly backslide. Just within a split second. Um, you can't be light and darkness. So that means that the same... <laughs> Next week Tuesday, we have to. I'm going to repent. Don't worry. Bear with me. Um, so you can't be light darkness. So that means whatever Paul was describing to them and making them understand is that there is already a new nature you have. And I think, I think a lot of believers don't get this, and that's why it seems like. One of the first, I, I used to tell you that one of the first things that you teach a new convert is, is reality. I don't know if you know that I've said that over the years. Yes, he needs a new, a new local church, but the first thing he needs, and that's why we had to do that material on reality of, reality of this, reality of that, just so that the new believer can quickly know what, it's just like when you are getting to a new country now, you don't know what is at stake in that country. That's why they will tell you when you are in Rome, behave like a Roma. When you are in this place, behave like you are in that place. Just like somebody coming to America now in the winter without a jacket. Can we say it is not... Let's say somebody is coming from um, um, somewhere like... Is Tanzania cold? It's not cold, okay. It's not a cold, cold country at all. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. So it's summer all year. Wow. For a good vacation spot. Nice. Okay. Uganda too. Okay. Nice. Oh, that, that one is no. Apache <laughs> Anyway, because I know that South Africa gets cold, Abby. So I think South Africa experience winter sometimes. I think, eh? All the four seasons in South Africa. Oh. So is it all the all the areas of South Africa only South Africa as a country? All the countries that are in that South Africa. Oh, hmm, nice, nice. Okay. So now it's just like somebody coming from Tanzania to America now, like today, or coming to Rochester today, with no jacket. You know, it's like saying he doesn't know where he's coming to, he doesn't know his name. Or, let's say he wakes up tomorrow and he was saying he's going to Walmart. Let's say he lives in Arianta and he's trekking to Walmart and he wears a flat, slippers, short knicker, <laughs> short knicker, um, short sleeves, short sleeve, short knicker and a slippers. No jacket, just goes to Walmart. Treks. <laughs> as he's getting down from his apartment, he will go back inside. <laughs> the, the cold will remind him of his nature. Even when he, by the time he slides a little bit without, you know, <laughs> in Rochester winter, that's when he will understand his nature, his identity. 
Okay. Now, what I just said now, a lot of believers don't know what has happened to them when they got born again. So that's why you see a lot of believers still acting like they are not born again. They go to church. They do everything. They behave. They, they are Christians. But yet, they still don't know that they are born again. Yet, they still don't know that, okay, my nature has changed. I mean, if you, it took you a while. I remember when I first got to the United States, I was so... I didn't, I wasn't too used with the light, with the 24 hours electricity. You know, that road then, uh, um, light is like a miracle. Having a, electricity is like a miracle, such that um, three hours sometimes, in fact, it's like the Nepal can use you to play games. They can just give you, you shout, oh, Nepal, they'll take it back. <laughs> it's like they're watching you again, oh, Nepal, they'll take it back. How have you experienced those things? Bing, bing. You think you guys experience it too? Ah, yeah. I'm in Africa now. Why we not experience it? Bro, bro I've, I've called him before and he told me there's no light. So I knew that. <laughs> you guys have people who are in the same shoe. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Let's continue the service. Um, back to what I was saying. That means that, now look at something. When you come here, one of the first things that happens to you is a cultural shock of, oh, wow, this. So if, I, if I remember, I had to iron my clothes. I started ironing my, I ironed my, I think I ironed, no, I think it was my mom. My mom tried to iron her clothes for Sunday on Thursday. She didn't know. She just felt like, ah, the clothes that we wear to church on, because that's how she does it in Nigeria. So she just said that the clothes that she would wear to church on, and I was not the one that reminded her that, uh uh, they are not taking this light though. He said, Oh, she said, Even do. Look at my mother. He said, Even do. Still iron it. <laughs> just, he said, Just in case. But you know, you know what's happening? She has not grappled that fact that she's in a new place. This, this, this analogy, I'm, I'm doing all these scenarios for you. So that you can really, really understand the major problem a believer face. It is actually an identity issue. They don't know what has happened to them at salvation. Many people, see, I, I believe that the church, I don't want to be, I, don't let me generalize this as much as I shouldn't. But I, I can tell you that a quite a number of believers need to sit down and go through that elementary process of who really they are, the reality they have again. You can ask a believer today now, who is in church? Who went to church? I'll carry the Bible and the person will still tell you I'm a sinner. You know why the person will tell you? The person hasn't grappled the fact that that day he got born again, something changed. I mean, if I messy last like that, believers like that, and they tell you, no, you are, tell, you are telling them, you are saved. They're telling you, no, 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 no. They will, they, will, they will argue with you and tell you, no, no, I'm not saved. <laughs> I'm still a sinner. They say, even my father, 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 mother, 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 mother was bathed in sin. And you'll be asking them, you're telling them, you'll be showing them the word like this. 
You show them, they say, no. It's, they'll say, leave the Bible. <laughs> That's the one that used to make me laugh the most. When you are telling a believer, when you and a believer is talking, they tell you, leave the Bible. The person, <laughs> the person wants to be mischievous. He said, that one you are saying. The person will tell you, I, I, I had a conversation with somebody some years ago. That one you are saying, leave the Bible. I'm still a sinner. Ah. I said, bro, but you came out for what I call. He said, yes. I said, look at what the Bible says. He said, no. <laughs> you are still too young to understand. I am a sinner. I said, okay. <laughs> Since you want to stay in your sin, continue. Me, I'm righteous. That's why they never live that life of sin. Go and watch it. Go, <clears throat> go and watch it. They will keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. They will struggle. They will just tell you, nobody can please God. Even the Bible says, they will, they will not look for a, 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 Bible, a passage that suits their theology. They say, all men are sinners. For all are sinned. And for, they don't read it in context too. And fall short of the glory of God. They say, brethren, we are still sinners. So, they, they haven't grabbed or let me use that word grab they haven't come to a term or a fact that that nature, that life has changed. I, I'm in th Do you know what I'm doing with you in this series? I'm not trying to rush. I'm, I'm not. In fact, this year I told myself, I'm not going to rush any series. I'm, I'm going to take my time such that everybody will understand. And even people that are going to listen to this in years and years and years and years to come. With such a way, understand that something happened to you when you got born again. You changed. Paul told us in Ephesians 2 you left the kingdom of darkness and you are now in his dear son. You are now in the kingdom of light. That means where I am seated, my life, my mindset has changed. So, Paul now called them in this place, in this text, and called them canal. That means something. It shows that they were not acting in their nature. They were acting in a nature that is not their own. It's like saying, and, and I'm sorry to say this and I'm not sorry. It's like saying the homosexual thing today. A guy now trying to be a girl. That's Acting contrary to his nature. He now start dressing like a girl. Start making his yell like a girl. Starts fixing his nail like a girl. I, I, I saw one guy. I, I, still, I will still call him a girl. Who fixed his nail and wanted to behave like a female. And I'm wondering. Do you want to take... Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask him is... I, I, I just couldn't answer. Do you like men shopping? At least... That's one perk you should at least enjoy if you want to really be. Go and feel the pain that they are going through. Make sure that you are also wearing menstruation pad every month. You know, go through that pain. Maybe the reality will dump back on you and you run back. Now, ah! <laughs> I don't want to be a woman again. <laughs> you know, any, any, any guy I see, Trying to be again. That's the first question that comes to my mind. Uh, this person now, 
Because I've watched some YouTube videos where they tell, where they do, where they allow men go through, um, they, they buy this testing machine where you can feel the menstruation pain and every man will shout and say, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> every man that I've seen was do that in the experiment. Everybody, yeah, yeah, take it off, take it off, take it off. And I'm like, okay, this must be really something. So in my head, anytime I see I'm not, me, I'm very not apologetic on this thing, you know. Me, I'm going to be a gay, I'm a pastor, so what do you expect? I'm not a pope. <laughs> I'm not, I am not a pope, I'm a pastor. And I'm even very charismatic. So, it's pope that does these things like that. Me, I'm a pastor. <laughs> so, me, I'm very not apologetic about things like that. But, you know, in our country now, you're very careful of not trying to offend people, trying to be, you know, pick your words. You're not the one that call me, so you cannot call me. <laughs> so, now, my very question is, let them test that. Did they test it first before they become a woman? Or they, they should, you know, maybe create a machine that makes them experience it every month so that let them experience it for two months or maybe you know for five days one week every month i tell you those men will not come to work again that week they will take off <laughs> i'm telling you they will run back they will run and say ah, <laughs> i found my identity <laughs> my identity is that i'm a man <laughs> You know, they don't, they don't make them experience it. I wish they can... Maybe they are doing it, that they are enjoying the pain, but I doubt it. If they are really enjoying the pain, a lot of men will have returned back. Ah, men cannot stand pain like that. It's a proven fact. Ah, it's, see, by, I, I would to God that they do a machine that maybe takes away the private part of a man make the person start experiencing blood a man start experiencing blood every month make him feel one week pain you should not they should not make every man that is going through every man that is trying to be let him have overflow every flow <laughs> every flow of period have um the pain should be intense do we find the identity back ah you can't tell me anything. <laughs> After like two months, they will say, hmm, I have just been thinking. <laughs> I've not been thinking. I think I'm really a man. I don't, I'm telling you. <laughs> that, that's, that's the first question I've always wanted to ask everybody. Let them feel it. They just turn, you just start dressing. That's not identity now. You, you, just, you just start dressing, change your name, plate here, do makeup. That's not what makes a woman a woman. Carry pregnancy. That's what we are talking. Experience it one month. Carry the pregnancy. Or let them give you experiment. Or abort the pregnancy. Or go through. Or go through the miscarriage. Since you, since you are a man, you will know, maybe you are a man woman, you can't give birth. But experience miscarriage. At least get like seven months. 
sleep upright. Don't be able <laughs> I tell you, they will come back to their identity. That's what, that, see, if somebody sits me down and asks me, what do you think we can do? I'll say, I'll say, let's use God's word. We'll pray. As a pastor, let's put that ball. As a human being, as I am, which I can't take my senses away. I'll say, as a pastor, I'll give them two proofs. As a pastor, I will just pray for them. We'll give them God's word. They'll feel. I say, but as a human being, as I think, let's create something. Let them first carry pregnancy for nine months. If they enjoy it, let them experience three menstrual period. This is the criteria before you join us as a woman. <laughs> Experience three menstruation period, carry pregnancy for nine months, then come back. Then ask him, have a miscarriage at the nine months. <laughs> still, you are still bad, such that you are not able to give it since you are, you are still testing the fact that you want to join. So, or you, you can also make a determination to go through C-session. So, because you don't have, you, you should not have something. So that way, they should put them on an experiment. They should carry their body on an experiment. So that way, if they pass the test within one year, all this will happen because you start from January to December, nine months pregnancy, three months menstruation. So if you, <laughs> that's how many, that's 12 months now. So if you pass the test, the next year we can make you a woman. You fit. You have qualified. No, we should, we should put that as a, I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to suggest it. I'm going to. I know the people I will talk to that will make it a law in this country. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm going to suggest that thing. Because it doesn't make sense. What you say? You don't know yourself. You are not a man. Go through a man. Go through the menstrual period. I, I can still say, okay, the woman trying to be a man, they are trying to run away from the, oh, they, can, they are trying to run away from the, oh, they see, it, it, and even as, they, even as they are running away, they are still menstruating. So what's not, what's not different from, what is just the clothes? Ah. I just that the devil self is senseless. I that the devil did not know how to plan this thing. Please, let's return back to our sake course. <laughs> let's return back. They, they are still... They are still... <laughs> Please, how did I get here, Beg? Please. I, next week, Tuesday, I'll be okay. Don't worry. Um, something, something happened to you when you got born again. It's not some people that are confused. Something happened to you. And you must know it. You must know exactly what happened to you when you got born again. You, you must be where you see, you must be clear about it. The fact that something changed in your life, the fact that something you you left a place, you left a kingdom to another kingdom, it must be clear. So, what was Paul telling them in this first Corinthians 3? That ah, you are now behaving like you were not born again. You are now behaving like you are still in the flesh. You are now behaving like somebody who is not in the spirit. You know, the believer is in the spirit. Romans 8, verse 8 to 11. He made us to understand. Even in Romans 8, verse 8 to 11, he told us about the flesh. The conduct of the flesh. 
that the physical body refers to the nature. He explained that the flesh implies to the nature of weakness and frailty. And, but the believer asks the Spirit of God. And the unbeliever, he made us understand that. You see that Romans 8, he said the unbeliever is in the flesh and cannot please God. You are not in that flesh. You are not the unbeliever. You are in the spirit. Say, I'm in the spirit. You know, you're not saying like you mean it. Go back. Go, let's go to that Romans 8. It says you are in the spirit. You, it's in verse 9. Look at what it says in verse 8. Romans 8 verse 8. It says, for so then, they are in the flesh and they cannot please God. But look at what it says in verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh. I, I expect that you can say, you know we can personalize and say, I am not in the flesh. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Hallelujah. So the spirit of God, the spirit of God dwells in me. And the believer relates with God as his father. So that means the word flesh is used to describe. So that word flesh that was used to describe that people or those guys in Corinth was a figure of speech. It wasn't their nature. It was like saying Paul was telling them as a ah. It's like saying, I want to call you. Let me tell you what Paul was doing. Let me tell you what Paul was doing. It's like saying, I say, you are a goat. Am I saying you are really a goat? But I'm saying you have the nature, the characteristics of being stubborn. Are you seeing it? That was what Paul was saying. That was exactly how Paul was describing it. That, ah, ah, are you not yet canal? So it's like saying, trying to describe them. Are you seeing it now? It's like saying, I bet I could not speak unto you as unto well, but as unto Kana. It's like saying, I can't talk to you, but there is, there is, it's like saying, I want to talk to you now, but you are behaving like a goat. What do I mean? I'm saying, you are behaving like somebody who is very stubborn, right? You are behaving like somebody who, is, who has a strong head, who cannot hear me. But am I implying that you are really a goat? Are you seeing it? So that was exactly how Paul was talking today. He was describing, their, was describing that thing or that phrase as a figure of speech. That these guys, they are in the, they are canal. He could not speak unto them as unto spiritual, but as unto canal. Why? Because of the nature that they've not attained. So now we want to ask a question. How are habits formed? How are habits formed? It's pertinent for us to understand that habits are formed over time. They are continuous. They are repeated actions from habits. Habits are actions produced out of an iterative consistent actions. And that forms the formation of habits. And it can be both godly and it can also be sinful and ungodly. Habits are formed over a period of time. And as a result of man's conscious actions, they are carried out consistently. That's why you see in James, look at how James explained it to us. James 1. James 1. Are you, are you learning something this? James 1. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempt any man. And that says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own loss and enticed. And when he is lost is conceived, he bringeth forth sin. And when it is finished, he bringeth forth death. So look at what James is saying. 
He's saying the man is drawn away, dragged forth by his own lust. That means a longing for what is forbidden or negative. That means that man, what happens when he starts doing something? He is drawn away from a longing that is forbidden or negative. He's enticed. And lust leads to sin. So that, that means habits are a result of a consistent actions undertaken by you. And it can be both positive and negative. That means if I want to change my habits, if I want to do the right thing, I just have to keep a consistent action of a right thing always. If I also want to do the wrong thing, I just have to keep doing something continuously, then that forms my habit. That forms a lifestyle negatively. How many of you observe that? If you did not pray with day one, you not pray, your, your heart will prick you. How many of you have that thing before? You not pray one day, your heart will prick you. You not pray the, two, the second day, your heart will prick you. You not pray the third day, your heart will prick you. It will start pricking you gently. You not pray the fourth day, hmm, fifth day, hmm, sixth day. Seventh day, it becomes a normal thing. No, no Holy Ghost or no Spirit, except you now come back to church again that you are not reminded. Then you now pray again. Then the next day, you, you now pray again. You have to pick you again. The third day, it will stop. Till you come back to church again and say, You shout, You now pray again. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Then the cycle continues. Then that forms a habit and a pattern of you not praying. How many of you that? If you not carry your Bible today, you not carry it tomorrow. You you have to pick you. You not carry it next tomorrow. You not carry it. I tell you what is it? I will listen to message. <laughs> you you will quickly look for one theology that will fit into excuse that will replace quickly. What are you getting what I'm saying? That means that habits are a consistent, continuous action undertaken by man. So, to explain that the man's action are a result of his consciousness, his thinking pattern, his results or his words, and eventually his action. So, it's, it's true for us to say that a man's action, when you see a man do something today, they are a result of his consciousness. Is thinking, is thinking pattern, sorry, is words, and eventually that leads to his own action. So our habit form, that's the question we asked. Now, so what's the role of the mind in the formation of your habit? And that's where I will hinge, because this is quite a long journey for me. And that's where I would quite kind of put a peg today and we'll continue next week. Are we get are we understanding this? I look at Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. What's the another question? I, I'm trying to do question. If, if I were you, I'll put it there. Number one question we asked today is our habit form. We looked at that. What's the role of the now? Another question we want to ask that is what's the role of the mind in the formation of habits, right? And you know, we, we asked the question last week. We said, Can a believer have a sinful? Mm-hmm. All right, look at it in Romans 12. Verse 1 to 2. <clears throat> amen, amen. Alright, look at what it says. 
He says, hi, brethren. I could not speak. Um, sorry. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. I was reading, I was reading First Corinthians in my mind. <laughs> All right. He says, I could not speak. I, be, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable will of God. That word conform there is from the word shusimatizo, and it implies to act like, to be fashioned like another. To act like, to be fashioned like another. That's the word conformed. To be fashioned like another. Why will a transgender be want to transgender today? Because he wants to fashion himself like another person. That word transform is from the Greek word metamorpho, and it's from the English word metamorphosis. And it just simply refers to a change, a transformation. And um, the word mind is from is translated from the Greek word nous, and it re- means reasoning, intellect, and understanding. And the mind of a man controls his understanding. Now, another question I'm asking, I'm, I'm trying to put this in a teaser in all these questions so that it, it can be more practical to you. Why is our mind vital? And that's where I will stop today. I will give you two things and I will stop today. Our mind contains two elements of human life. And I'm going to explain it further from next week. And this will lead us into, what's, what, what are we, what, what is, what, remember, what's, our, what's the title of our series? This, where we are getting to now is going to lead us into how we are going to deal with ungodly habits. Such that, my, my major goal for us is such that, for this series is such that, if you are struggling with anything in the flesh, which is normal because you are a human being, um, you should be able to pick up this series and this series should be able to, you know, assist you in, in how to walk through that habit. Maybe, you know, there are people that have, you know, today now it's endless. You can't put, the world we live in today now, the vices are endless. The social vices are endless. The kind of things that people are struggling with are quite endless. So you can't really even pinpoint and say, you can't name them as that saying, this, 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 this. So what I just did now for you is, I summed everything up into something called habits. Are you getting what I'm saying? Such that if you are, maybe, let's say you are saying, let's say you, you have a, a temper issue. You don't know how to control your anger. Okay, we have something in this series for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that you can go to this series and say, well, huh, I, I know how to deal with this habit here. If negative, you know, and you know how to also gain a good habit. It's going to be that multidimensional too in this series. So that you will know how to also build and cultivate a good, a positive habit in this series. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that we can live that, you know, a breast Christian life, a good Christian life, such that, you know, our worship of God is right, our conduct is perfect, you know, we, we are striving for, um, we, we always make mistakes as human, and we can't rule that fact, but we must not allow a mistake define us as a, as a person. Now, you get to what I'm saying? A lot of people, the reasons why they can't come away from condemnation, they can't take this, their lives away from condemnation, they can't 
think they just don't want to stop that social vices is because they've condemned them. They are Christians, so they go to church. So in fact, that's the reasons why they stop. I've sat down with people and, and I asked them, why did you stop going to church? They say, you know, I, I just feel like church is not for me. Why? Why, why did they say that? Because they just felt like maybe they're smoking too much or they are always in club all the time. They don't just feel like so they now wall, they now allow the devil wallow them in that condemnation. That just made them feel like they don't belong anymore. That where they now belong to is outside. I mean, I don't forget what I'm saying. And so they now stay so long outside because the devil does not like anybody. I've always said it before. They now stay long that outside that you are not telling they are Christians so they go to church they read Bible they know God in fact in their own time they still pray to God in fact when they want to do anything they say oh Jesus yet they are, they are so wallowed in that condemnation that they just feel like only the holy and the righteous person are the ones that go to church no church I believe church is like a clinic where people can be treated are you getting what I'm saying that, that's one of the things I believe I believe that I've told you before that my vision for this church is such that ex-sponsors will be choirs because they will be ex. They won't be doing it again. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, such that, and we are not going to castigate them and be looking at them. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are born again. Hallelujah. That's the church of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why, why, am I, why is that a vision? Because we're in America, that's where many of those things are prevailing. And it's even around the world right now. Such that an ex-transgender person is a choir. Imagine an extra they are preaching to us as a church. You know, that's redemption. That's, that's good salvation. Telling you, well, when we talk about identity, identity, maybe the person is teaching you identity crisis. You know, that person will know how to teach it well. Me, I've not, <laughs> I've not become a woman before. <laughs> I have never. <laughs> so, that person will say, you know, this person, you know, that person, we, and the person is showing you Greek word and Hebrew. The person has practicality. Me, I only have theory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, that's, that's something we should pray for, you know. So, I'm believing God that this series would help us build that positive habit and deal with such that that's negative habits in our life. I, I zeroed everything down. Pardon the use of my language and the use of my word for this series. I, I don't want to call it, let me call it sinful habit. Such that that sinful habit can be dealt with. Hallelujah. There's actually, let me tell you the truth, brethren. There is actually solution in the word. If we know how to read, if we know how to read and study the word, the, the solution is in the word. That's why we are Christians. Hallelujah. The solution is in the word. Don't think, listen to me, brethren. Never you think there is not a thing God cannot solve. There is not a solution that is not, like, let's say, oh, don't think it's too minute. And say, this one, this one, how can God's word solve this one? No, no, no. That's why I'm teaching this series. It can be solved. Hallelujah. It, that's if you open your mind, if you are willing. It can be dealt with. As subtle as even your words, the use of your words, maybe you don't, you don't have everything you just say is coarse words. God's word can change it. I'm telling you. As subtle as little as, which, which thing can we call little now? These are our words now. I don't want to classify anything as little anyway. As little as line, line is not little. Line, line is what, what Gehazi did and died. Peter, Sananias and Safira lied and died. 
So, lie, lie is not little, but for the sake of this teaching, as. As lying as, as, as easy as, as um, simple, Abby, um, as easy as it is to lie. No, you see what I just said? That easy as it is to lie. Do you know that? It should not be easy for the man who is born again. Because it is not his nature. Do you know what I just said now? Whose nature is it from the scripture? Is that the nature of the devil? Are you seeing it? So, are you seeing that? It is when the person doesn't know his nature. He starts acting contrary to his nature. It's like saying, it's like saying, my name now is Hayo. Hayo Benson. Imagine they ask me my name and I say, my name is Godwin Shilayo. Somebody, imagine somebody comes to my office and I say, what should I say? Godwin Shilayo. I say, ah, Imagine the, the Godwin Sheila your girl will ask and say, ah, when did you start bearing my name? <laughs> but do you know if I keep saying, my name is Godwin Sheila, my name is Godwin Sheila, my name is Godwin Sheila, my name is Godwin Sheila. If you ask me my name after service, then I, will, I will indirectly say Godwin Sheila. That's a confused identity. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, as much as we want to say these things, there's solution in the world. There's solution in the world. And we must just be opened to understand it. So I, I will say this. Why is our mind so vital? And I will close from there. The mind, the human mind, is the seat of reasoning where understanding is ends, is where understanding is ends, and there must be a control over the human mind. They must. Number two. The human mind is where decisions are made. It is the seat of human will. It is in the mind that desire springs from, which influences decision and consequently action. I'll read that number two again. The human mind is where decisions are made. It is the seat of human will. It is the mind that desire springs from, which influences decision and consequently actions. Play for me, I close. Number one, again, is the human mind is a seat of reasoning where, where understanding is hence, where, and there must be a control over the human mind. And you see, as we close gradually on this, we must understand something very vital. That our mind is Quite, um, our mind is quite very vital and the scripture told us something and it says we must renew our mind and that word renew is from the Greek word anakinosis and it means to remote it's like to re-educate your mind We ask the question, how are habits formed? Many are times. Let me tell you the truth. And we're going to pick it up much later, but it's formed from the information we have fed our mind with. I will take it back to the transgender issue. Look at this. Who told you 
that you can change yourself today and become a woman. Do you know that? You heard it somewhere. And this leads back to what happened in Genesis where God had to ask that question and said, who told you that you are naked? I don't know if you saw that. This leads us back to Genesis where, Jesus had, where God had to ask them and said, who told you you are naked? That means an information has been fed to them. And that gave them a new identity. So what happens to people is the information. Some people are struggling. See, let me tell you today. Why did some people start smoking? They saw it in a movie. And they probably mingled with a friend. And they decided to attempt it. You know, I found out something in America. Why people drink. I found that thing out and I figured that it's because you've been told right from your growing up that you can't drink till a certain age. So the very day you clock that age, you will take your ID to the liquor store and get one and drink. Or you go to the... I don't even know what I'm talking about. Or you go to a restaurant that day on your birthday and that's the day you will request for alcohol. And that will now be the genesis of your drinking factor. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's what happens in the, in the United States. They will tell you, you can't drink till... What's the age? I think 18 or 21. Which was 21, right? Okay. Eh? 21. 21 in America. So, they will not wait. I, I, I've seen that. Thing. I used to see it on... I mean, if you see those things on Snapchat, Instagram, and maybe some of your friends did it, maybe when they were 21 years or something. And when they get to the restaurant that day, they will have been planning and say, all this while I've been waiting to drink. Finally, I'm not an adult. Finally, I can now be legal. So they will take their ID that day. And if they request it, they say, sit. <laughs> I'm legal to drink now. And then they drink. Why? Information. <laughs> See, as subtle as what I just said is, that's actually the problem. And that leads them into a new life. Then you see some of them now they become alcoholics and you know it's from these are days to say it's from clapping that you grow into dance somebody that can drink will definitely taste shisha yes now if you can drink alcohol and get tipsy a bit what's the difference between that's what they will tell you to not graduate then from there different social vices will start then from there you say ah what's there a weed she means to get high then you start craving new things a new identity now starts. Then you that you grew up in church, look at it from age one to twenty-one. You've been a church fat. You were the youth leader. You were prayer band. From that point onward, look at what because of what you start doing now, you will now start feeling condemned, start feeling rejected, start wallowing in self-condemnation. Then you start going out from church. The way you are not like 25, they will ask you, when last did you go to church? You're like, it's been about three, four years ago. I just can't remember. I remember people like that. Then you meet some people at 30, they will say, oh, when last did you go to church? That was in my 20s when I used to follow my mom. Really, what now changed? A new identity. 
Hallelujah. And this is what, and I told you something in camp meeting. Don't think you can be immune. Don't think that she be a Christian born again. I can do no. As you are seated here, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Every one of you have a propensity to kill somebody. They've just not given you a gun. <laughs> Is it me? Never. I cannot. It's a lie. Move around killers for too long. Watch a lot of killing movie and get a gun license. And let somebody offend you if you will not pull the trigger. Everybody has a propensity to do things that he has never imagined to do. Have you done some things in your life that you wonder, me? I told myself when I was young I would never have done that. Have you ever done that? Me, you have lived my head Exactly. So don't think you are immune. So how are habits formed? It's, the work is on our minds. I beg you, Bertrand, what are you feeding on? What is on your heart? What are you thinking about? What goes through your mind? What goes through your thought process? What goes through your thinking? What saturates your mind? What are you watching on TV? These things have a lot of factors to play. And I trust God that He will help us to stay strong and solid in the coming days. Let's pray. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost where we are. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Let's pray for ourselves. I want you to look at your life. Or let's be on our feet. Just look at your life and just pray in thongs a bit. Let's pray in thongs a bit. Look at your life and just, you know, Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Lift your voice and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Ungodly habits would die as a result of this teaching. Sinful habits will not gain grounds in our hearts. As we journey through this year, our conducts are well pleasing to God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name.